And with us today, we are very excited. We have a very special guest, Mr. Mike Kaplan, who's going to be at Saturn on Friday, April the 28th. It's going to be a fantastic show. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you so much for talking to me now. I'm looking forward to coming down there. Oh, that's great. Have you um, been to Birmingham before for a show? I think I have once on the last Comic Standing tour in 2010, but mm-hmm. I also, I, I've been in Alabama a few times, uh, to Huntsville, and I forget what city we went to exactly. Of We went to like 70-ish cities on that last comic tour, so my apologies if I have conflated two different Alabama towns, but uh, I've been somewhere. It's, e- it's easy to get us confused. Um, Alabama is kind of all one big hodgepodge of a place. Uh, I saw I, I saw on your Instagram of uh, someone drew a picture after you were telling some jokes about Alabama. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> what types of jokes uh, did you I, have about Alabama? Uh, I mean, I so performing in Huntsville as I have a few times. I, the first, I think, the first time I was there, I uh, became accustomed with the, uh, the I guess the custom as it is. Which I didn't use that word twice. I became accustomed to the custom. I'm going to The Alabama, or at least that region, or some people—I don't know who who it is—but there were a few people at the show who would, at times, yell out "Roll Tide." Oh uh, yeah. And I learned, you know, what that meant uh, later. But for a little while, it was a new, confusing thing. But so now I sort of talk about a little bit of that experience and uh, the connection that I uh, actually made with the person who had yelled it, who came up to me after the show, and we, you know, did shots together, and it was a very, you know, uh, a human experience based on two, uh, I thought, previously uh, different types of people coming together and being human beings that right. are the same. So, yeah, so I say Roll Tide a few times in the telling of that story and uh, elsewhere in my set, and so a little girl uh, in the audience drew a picture of me saying it and asked me to sign it and I put it on Instagram and you saw it and now everybody's caught up. <laughs> uh, and just uh, for you, Mike, I know that you were on James Corden last, What was it last week or a couple weeks ago? Oh uh, yeah, beginning of March. Yeah. Um, what's it like kind of preparing to do a television set like that? Because I know you have uh, the album, so the jokes are probably already there. Or do you write new jokes, or do you have to change them around? Uh, great question. Uh, I've done a number of late-night shows, and sometimes, uh, I think, when I first started out, you know, you if I had, I think I did my first one in 2009, which is when I also released my first album. So all the jokes I did on that first, you know, that first five minutes on right. Late Night, uh, which was on the, show, on the Tonight Show with Conan. Uh, at that time, that limited window. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that, so all those jokes were from that album, but they weren't like, you know, a five minute chunk right in a row. So I did have to sort of pick and work with, you know, the, the booker to be like, he, he had jokes that he liked and I had jokes that I liked and we, you know, worked together to determine what that five minutes would be. And then once I had it, I would, you know, sort of run it and tape it and watch it and, you know, get notes on it. And then eventually we had it. I think by the time, so I think he reached out to me for that time in July of 2009, and uh, we, by Jul- I think he reached out in June, and then by July we had the set locked into how it would be, and then I don't think I did the show till December. So I sort of right. you know, kept living my life, 
And then when I find out when when I found out what the date would be, then I started running it again, getting it in you know shape so I could remember it. Uh, because by that point, I'd already recorded the album. I was on to hopefully as many other jokes. I wasn't even necessarily telling those jokes as regularly as I had been when we first started the process. Um, but uh, yeah, eventually, you know, it all settled. Though interestingly, for the James Corden one, the most recent one that you brought up, uh, that one was all from my newest album, No Kidding. Yeah, it's uh, great. I love the album. Much. I love the album artwork for it too. It's oh, excellent. that is. So I'll say all. I'll try to say all the things in an order that makes sense. The I was fortunate that I got to tell like pretty much just one chunk from the album that right. was sort of like one extended story. So. I didn't have to sort of piece things together. I was just like, well, this is, I did have to relearn it because I had just recorded the album and hadn't told that joke since July until I found out I was going to be doing it on, mm-hmm. uh, on the show. But so I ran it, you know, for every show I did for over the course of like a week leading up to it, getting it back into shape, re relearning, rememorizing. Mm-hmm. And but then it was just like, well, this is how that goes. And uh, yeah, the album does have, uh, uh, artwork by my good friend, also a comedian, but an amazing, you know, artist and illustrator, Ramin Nazer. He's actually, right now, I don't know how long it goes, but he's doing a Kickstarter to turn a lot of his uh, beautiful Instagram art into, like, a nice, big, like, coffee table book, I think. Mm-hmm. So I recommend checking out Ramin Nazer's Instagram and his website and, uh, and his stand-up and this book that he's making. Uh, and also my CD, if you but get my CD first and all my other CDs yeah. and my podcast, and uh, he's on my podcast too. But yeah, no, support, support Ramin 100%. He's a wonderful human comedian artist. And is he, uh, what's his Instagram tag to look at all of his art? Uh, it's his name, R-A-M-I-N-N-A-Z-E-R. Okay, great. And uh, Mike, this is your fourth album, right? Yes, uh, my fourth stand-up album. Yeah, how do you know? How do you know when when an album's done, like, or when you're ready ready to do an album? Is it just like you look back and you kind of have accumulated things, or how do you decide you uh, want to do one? Well, the process for me uh, has been like the the first album that I recorded in 2009 is one that I was you know been working on all that material since I really started doing stand-up in about 2002 so there have been like seven years of you know working becoming a comedian having jokes that i thought would be worth it and so by that point i think maybe like the year before i would i felt like maybe i was ready because i'm like i have at least 45 minutes or up to an hour of jokes that i'm happy with that i tell when i'm headlining if i'm out of college i like wasn't headlining really clubs at the time yeah uh but when i would do an hour it would usually be out of college and i'd be like i feel good about this stuff and so that at that point it was just a matter of waiting for somebody to uh offer me an opportunity to do it which uh a man who works for this uh or owns this company called bc media reached Mm -hmm. out to me and said that he wanted to make an album with me and he was the only person who had been saying that at the time so i was like that's how you know when it's time to make an album when somebody says i'll pay for you to make an album and you're like Um, oh yeah i will definitely do that for the buddy thank you uh i will i will get that done i I'm doing my art, but also thank you for the money for my art. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I do like to eat and sleep in places (laughs) that have roofs. Yeah, that's great. You get it. (laughs) Uh, But then for my next album, I didn't record it for like another three years, but I think Mm -hmm. by that point, 
uh, and then I did my my Netflix special uh, the year after that. So within like four years, I had like two hours that were new, uh, mm-hmm. and so I was sort of waiting to do that because I thought I might want to do like you know uh, a special that wasn't just audio, uh, and so that's what uh, I could have probably done. It you know I. If it were up to me entirely, and I had all the money and resources in the world, uh, then the question would be different than just, when will somebody help you make it? Um, whereas now, with like the most recent album, I did, I recorded in 2016, after I recorded the Netflix special in 2013, mm-hmm. and I kind of knew that I was ready because I had you know more than that hour ready to go. Like I, it's sort of the album is called No Kidding because it's about how I don't want children. Yeah. Uh, and so all of those jokes and, you know, sort of the jokes that sprung out jokes and were themed around that and, you know, growing off of tangents and digressions of that, uh, those those filled, you know, about an hour or maybe a little more, maybe a little less. And then in the meantime, you know, that happened. I think I was ready to record that album potentially a year before I did. And then uh, I just kept writing new jokes and having new experiences. So by the time I recorded that album, like the next night, uh, I would I'd say I performed another show where I did like 40 minutes of newer comedy than the album. Like I was almost done doing the stuff that was on the album mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, like I I'd been already working on it. You know what I mean? Like right. it had. Well, you had so, probably done so much. You released so much material over that short period. And then you, uh, yeah. you obviously, I guess for you, as soon as you release something, you're like, okay, well, I can't do that again. And you're working on new stuff. So yeah, even, I mean, at, even as your albums are kind of reaching people, you're already kind of working towards your next, next, oh, whatever definitely. topic you want to be working on. Right. It's a hundred percent. I like, I'm constantly writing, I'm constantly performing and uh, I'm not completely in control of, you know, when the album gets recorded or when it gets released. So I kind of like, you know, some people, you could record it, edit it, and release it almost immediately, I assume. I, that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you record it on your phone and put it out immediately. You could live stream it. But, uh, like, working with a Special Thing Records that, that I worked with on No Kidding, uh, you know, they recorded it, and it took us some time to, like, you know, do the edits and get it to, into the shape that we wanted it, and then you know, have a date where it could come out and be, you know, uh, like go through all the, the bureaucratic things to get it featured on iTunes, hopefully, and, you know, wherever else, whatever else had to happen behind the scenes that the record label does that I don't know how to do. Right. <laughs> uh, so by the time, you know... It they probably have, like, a July, publicist, out, too, yeah. who, like, who like gets you set up with different things when it comes out. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, the, the, okay. the record label... Has a has a publicity person that they hire who works with us to you know help get interviews and you know like radio uh, stations involved and you know podcasts or what, whatever can be done um, is by you know all gets laid out hopefully in advance and you know still like now I'm I'm doing this now and this is also letting people know not only about the show but about the album right. so uh, every time I open my mouth from now until the end of time or until the next album. Uh, exists uh, is promotion of that album promotion 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 art 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 but uh yeah it's just fortunate for me i feel like that i recorded the album in july and it came out in february so between july and february i i had tons of time to continue to write and perform and work on things 
and so now if you come see me perform, I won't be doing, generally speaking, anything from that album. So you can get any of my albums that are totally different than the show uh, that you'll be seeing live. Yeah, and uh, if you're listening, feel free to check out uh, Mike. On, he's on iTunes, definitely streaming Spotify as well. Um, I will say just from listening to all your albums, it's really it's it's really cool how different each one is. Like you got to have your own distinct voice, but each the things you're talking about, the way the jokes are structured, are kind of different on each album, um, well, which is really neat. For yeah, I appreciate that nuance and kind assessment. <laughs> Uh, and so what are some topics you're talking about right now? So, so you just uh, did the album, not talking about how you, how you didn't want kids and kind of about, about not being a parent. What are you talking about now? Now I'm talking all about how I want to be a parent. <laughs> Flip the uh, script. Yeah. Gotta, gotta exhaust one topic, then go to the next. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Some of the, the, the main theme, the next album or, or hour that I'm working on, I think might be called, I might try to call it uh, No Killing in sort of like a similar theme to No Kidding. Like have mm-hmm. Ramin do like, uh, instead of me like playing in a kid's ball pit, playing like, you know, in a bunch of skulls. I'm not sure if that's just spitballing ideas. But generally speaking, the, the themes are sort of like uh, kindness, love, forgiveness, compassion in joke form. But uh Basically, you know, I, I talked some about, you know, gun control and some uh, just you know, about death and the universe and uh, some, like, ceremonial drug experiences that I've had that have led me to uh, think and believe and act in some ways differently than I have before. Do, uh, is the, there an the, ayahuasca uh, story in there? Oh, there's, yeah, there's probably maybe 10 to 15 minutes of ayahuasca material on it. That's great. Um, what's that? What's that experience like? Because you you can't. Uh, well, it's not like you just you can go get ayahuasca. Um, you no, you have to like I, take it as part of a ritual, right? Uh, I mean, you don't have to. You could go into the jungle and find the vines and leaves and uh, work on it. I hear there are jaguars that just chew on it sometimes and get some of the effects. But uh, the way that I do that, I have done it and do recommend is that there is a practice you know, practitioner, a guide of a sort, somebody who has been, the guy that I go to has been working with plants for, you know, several decades, uh, knows what he's doing uh, in making the stuff, and then in, you know, leads a ceremony wherein you get it and you sit, and he guides it with these uh, song mantra type things that are called ikaros, that are these beautiful things that you, you know, that you follow, even though, like, you don't necessarily understand the words, and it, you know, takes you into yourself, uh, into the universe, into wherever it slash you want or need to be. And, you know, it helps address potential, you know, things in your life that you, uh, that you want or need to address, Mm -hmm. uh, whether you think you want or need to address them. Uh, it can be a very beautiful experience. It can be a very difficult experience. Like I've done it a number of times and it's different in many ways, many of the times Like you can do it uh, over the course of years and years and still have ones that surprise you that you're like, oh, I thought, like, you know, if an episode of The Twilight Zone, like, it's all The Twilight Zone, but, you know, you could have a totally different story with totally different characters. Right. Uh, so, but often the theme is, you know, caring for yourself, for others, for the world, for just, you know, 
living conscious beings, uh, yeah. or living unconscious beings, or <laughs> unliving, unliving conscious beings. You know, uh, robots, unliving conscious um, beings, yeah. You know. all, all the possibilities. And so, yeah, so I talk a little bit about that. I took a little about, you know, like some, some religion, some uh, about, like, my, like, you know, every album seemed, I seem to have some jokes about uh, my diet and the thing, you know, my dating life and just sort of, you know, I, the life that I've been living. And it's all, my, my goal is for the whole album, the whole hour, the whole next hour to be structured sort of like the movie Inception where, like, the first joke will start and then the last joke will be the completion of that joke and each, you know, topic will sort of be mirror-imaged at the beginning of the show and the end of the show, uh, like, leading down, you know, down each level to the middle and then climbing out mm-hmm. each level to get the end. And it's, uh, it's on its way. So if you come to the shows, uh, any of the shows that I'm doing until I record that album, including the one at the Saturn that you mentioned, uh, yeah. I will be doing approximately that or whatever stage that i'm at there and i'm right now like you ask when are you you know how do you know when you're ready to record a new album like i i whenever i get the opportunity i'll be ready to record this one because there's already like more than an hour's or an hour probably like an hour and 20 minutes worth of stuff that could be this album or i could save some of it for the next one uh but i keep you know it just keeps coming so uh, i appreciate the opportunity to perform and record it yeah, well, we're we're really excited to have you here in Birmingham. Um, I've I've heard from Scott and Huntsville that you were great last time you were there. Uh, I kind of wanted to touch on. Just, I just had two more questions for you. Um, sure thing. Just what's the experience like of getting your Netflix special? Was it something you went out, record, and made and submitted to Netflix? Was it something they approached you with? How much creative say so did you get in? You know, how's it filmed? How's it shot? What's the opening look like? Uh, so, I mean, you can watch what it looks like on Netflix. It's basically just, you know, I come out and start doing comedy, and then I do comedy, and then I stop. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. We filmed it in Boston, where I started doing comedy, which was real fun to do, uh-huh. uh, at the Wilbur Theater. Um, initially, like I said, I, so I recorded my second album in 2012, and that was the goal. The goal was for that to be uh, an hour special that, you know, we I made that album with Comedy Central Records and sort of submitted it to them to see if it would be potentially a Comedy Central hour special. And they uh, they said no thanks uh, at the time. And they were like, uh, so we're, I went my I have a manager who was like, well, let's see if anybody else will take this submission. Because like, the the material that I recorded for that album, which is now called Meet Robot was mm-hmm. like, I really loved recording the album. It was at Acme, one of my favorite comedy clubs in the country. It's in Minneapolis. It's wonderful. Uh, and so we submitted that around, and a production company called, at the time, New Wave, said, we will shoot this special for you, uh, and then endeavor to sell it. Uh, so at the time, uh, when we shot it, like, they laid out all the money, uh, and they you know hired all the people to do all the things that I don't know how to do. Yeah, and I went on stage and did the thing that I do know how to do, and then once so we recorded that in like April of 2013, and by that point it was I had more you know more than enough material that the recording I'd done the year before could be its own album, and the special could be a brand new special. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how that worked out, and uh, then New Wave sold you know shopped it around, and 
Netflix was the uh, the company that agreed to buy it. So they bought it like so, some months later, and then it came out the next year. Oh, okay, nice. Thanks for walking walking uh, me through that. I just I was just curious. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's different for everybody. Obviously, they do produce their own specials now. Like they approach people, uh, mm-hmm. but at the time, it was just a uh, you know kind of a more more wild westy uh, mechanism, I guess. But right. uh, that's the thing that happens these days as well. Like people will shoot their own specials and then see who will put it on the airwaves or the stream waves or you know directly into people's brains however it works mm-hmm. and who are who are some of the comedians that you like watching right now or people that you get excited to see oh, um, i mean there's tons i like i have some of my really you know best friends in comedy are wonderful like uh zach sherwin and shane moss josh gondelman aparna nonchurla joe firestone Kate Berlant, uh, some people who, you know, started out before I did, like, I love Paula Tompkins, and mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman, and Doug Stanhope, and Louie, and uh, Dave Chappelle, and, you know, there's, uh, Mitch Hedberg was one of my first favorites, can't watch him now, I mean, you can watch him, but not doing new stuff now. Right. Uh, Reggie Watts, Bo Burnham, um, like, I mean, there's just all, there's so many people, like, in New York, in L.A., in different places, all, all over the country, I just saw uh, a step by Sam Jay that was uh, wonderful and blew me away. And she has a new uh, half hour on Comedy Central coming out. Uh, yeah, that's coming and, out this year, right? Yeah, she's. Got, I don't say. I don't think they've taped them yet, but uh, right. looking forward to that. And uh, Samantha Ruddy is a, a new comedian friend of mine who's wonderful. There's just so many. Like, if you want to go, go look it's... at my for some some of these people. My podcast, hang out with me. Yeah. I'm fortunate enough to get, like, a bunch, you know, I just asked comedians who I love. Oh, I mentioned Ramin Nazer, Nick Batterot, Gary Goldman, you know, Todd Barry. There's just, I mean, I, I'm going to forget people because there's so many people. It's impossible uh, to name all. There's so many people to love. Um, right. That uh, Jacqueline Novak, Chris Laker, uh, Rory Scoville, uh, yeah. Tom Dore. Yeah. <laughs> There's great comedians doing great things today. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Shane Moss because he he's been through Birmingham a few times with his Good Trip show. Oh, good. Um, yeah, and w- when you said the thing about ayahuasca, I immediately when you were saying you had some material, I immediately for some reason shot back to his show where he talks about it a little bit. Um, oh yeah, he 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 and I did ayahuasca together once or twice, uh, and he before I'd ever done that, I smoked DMT with him, and that's his. That's was that was that the first time you had ever smoked DMT with him? That yeah, I've only smoked DMT with him once, and that was before I did ayahuasca, which is also a DMT related yeah substance. Uh, but yeah, so I smoked it with him once, and then I've drunk it a number of times since then. Did you like it? Uh, it's do definitely. You prefer, I, do you prefer the ayahuasca, or do you prefer smoking DMT? I prefer the ayahuasca. It's a you know sort of a more because of the experience is longer. It's more it, mellow too. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, not necessarily more mellow, but uh, it, there are mellower moments. Like DMT is, hard, you know, for the time that I did it, it was like bam, 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 done. You know, mm-hmm. ten to fifteen minutes of seeming infinity. But like ayahuasca will have sometimes that are like that as well. But there'll also be more of a gradual like incline into that. I would say. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's more like you're, you know hearing, you know, sort of moving gently, potentially. It, sometimes it's not gentle either, but 
it has the possibility of being like more of a gradual stepwise, you know, getting into a hot, getting into a hot jacuzzi, like one step at a time is ayahuasca. Whereas like doing a cannonball into that jacuzzi is <laughs> BCC. And you're like, oh my God, it's so hot. I got to get out of here. With, with ayahuasca, you step into it and it, it is, the water is just as hot. You're just getting into it slower. And then once you're there, it doesn't seem as, you know, disparately intense compared to what you were just experiencing, I guess is what I would say. Oh, okay. Well, Mike, I know I've kept you longer longer than I said, so thank you so much for the time um, for coming uh, on thank today. You for, yeah, we, thank we you really, so much really for appreciate it. Um, and again, Mike Kaplan is going to be at Saturn April the twenty eighth on Friday. Um, you can get tickets right now for ten dollars uh, beforehand, or you can get them for fifteen dollars at the door. And um, thank you so much again, Mike, for talking to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Looking forward to I it. Had some monkeys on my back, demons on my shoulder. Was in the fast lane, now I'm pulling over. If real is what you want, then listen to my cough. If real is what you want, then listen to my cough.